is our week in the Weege. Hello and welcome to Week in the Ouija. I'm Natalie Crawford. And I'm Selena Jackson. This week in the Ouija. The family of a Paisley man killed by a convicted criminal who'd ripped off his electronic tag and broken his curfew are telling Clyde News their faith in the justice system has been shattered by a refusal to hold a public inquiry. Two premature babies have died and another is ill after contracting an infection at a Glasgow maternity hospital. Our sports reporter Andrew McLean will be here with all the latest transfer news. And have plans for a rail link between the city and the airport failed to take off. Very nice. <laughs> All that and so much more on this week's Week in the Weege. A very warm hello to you and welcome to Week in the Weege. I mean, I'm enjoying this Week in the Weege, are you? Oh, aye. I'd have preferred it if it was Week in the Wedge. Aye, or a Week in Barbados. This is a Week in the Weege. Welcome back, Selena Jackson. It's lovely to be back. How I, are I'm, you? I'm so glad to see you. Oh, thank so you. So glad. It's, it feels like it's been way too long since we've been sitting here in our little... It's only been a week, but... No, it's been two weeks. You did it Has with Rob it? last week, remember? Yeah. So it's, you've only missed a week. Yeah, I've only missed a week. Probably for the best. Because mm. I'm very husky. Well, yeah, you have had a, a terrible cold and oh, you've had no horrible. voice and <laughs> you're you're still a little bit like raspy, but it's a coming bit back. Of Nigella Lawson. Yeah, like, yeah. We'll go with that. I'll take that. Was it was Rob last week. Rob was here last week. Yes, he was, and he was a, a wonderful stand-in, uh, but he was not you. Oh, so I'm very I'm glad you're back to to normal. Thanks. I'm delighted. Shall we get on with it? Yeah, let's get on with it. A week in the week. The dad of a murdered Paisley man is exclusively telling Clyde News he won't stop until he has proper answers about the events which led to his son's death. So Craig McClelland was murdered by James Wright in July 2017. He'd been out on licence and removed his tag five months before carrying out the attack. His dad Michael is writing to the Lord Advocate to ask for a fatal accident inquiry after Justice Secretary Hamza Yusuf said no. He spoke to me along with Craig's partner Stacey. He stood up in Parliament to tell people that he wasn't given as a, a public inquiry and at the same time turned round and said, these are very difficult questions that the McClellan family are asking. What does that mean? Does that mean they're very difficult questions that he doesn't want to answer? Or they're very difficult questions that he can't answer? Because he hasn't given us answers. There is no doubt there is something tied as far as this family are concerned. And that's what we're pushing for. We're pushing for the right answers independently. He said he would get the review board to look at the, look at it in six months and see if there was any more recommendations he could make. How many re- recommendations does it take before he realises that something on that day went totally wrong and our son was killed for that? We deserve answers and deserve the proper answers. Just, obviously in this whole situation, I've, uh, time and time again I've felt let down, but when he done that, like... I almost felt like he broke a promise because he stood there and said to us that his door was always open to us and that if there was anything that we needed, uh, basically he would help in any way he can. But with regards to what what he has done by his actions, he's just threw us aside and threw a, co- a cover over it and like doesn't want to actually answer any of the questions. Um, I agree with Michael. I think there's something that they're hiding. 
they don't want people to know and I, d I do think for the like in the interest of public safety we need to get to the bottom of it because if we don't I mean how many more people are going to die before this gets sorted out so where are you going from here then we have written a letter which will be going out today to the Lord Advocate to ask the Lord Advocate to look at the, look at the case and we've asked them for a fatal accident inquiry. We still feel that we should have got a public inquiry but we're going now to the Lord Advocate uh, through our solicitor. Uh, we will wait, await that and see what happens. Uh, we, are, we are writing back to the Justice Minister, Humza Youssef, to tell him how disappointed we are with the letter that he wrote to us and his decision, right? Even though we still can't understand why he's made that decision. I would ask the Lord Advocate to look at the, the case as honestly as he can. I'm sure he will, because that's his position. There is very many things that are wrong with this case that haven't been answered for the McClellan family independently. And I use that word, independently. Somebody has to go in there and get the answers independently, not someone from the prison authorities or someone from the police authorities just telling us whatever they want us to, to hear. And that's exactly what we've had up to now. So that was Michael McClellan there, Craig McClellan's dad, along with the mother of Craig's three children, Stacey McClellan. This is a story that I have followed right from the very start. When, when Craig was murdered through the investigation, through the trial and then in, in the aftermath of the trial when it emerged that Wright had been out on licence at the time of the attack and it just absolutely shocks me to my core that mm. this man, this convicted criminal, 16 previous convictions was assessed as being low risk let back out into the community four months into a 21-month sentence on an electronic tag, I mean, broke, broke the tag off and no one went looking for him. Well, that's what I was going to say. I was going to say, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe that he broke the tag off and it was about five days later that he committed this crime, I believe. So he, he, bro he broke the tag off five days after he was released. He committed this right. murder five months Right, okay. after breaking his so electronic went, tag on. five months without anyone checking on where yeah, this guy where was, was, why he didn't have his tag on. Or what on. he was doing. And it's just absolutely appalling to me that this was allowed to happen. Craig's murder was preventable. Absolutely. And I have a lot of respect for his family. The way they've conducted themselves, I think, has been absolutely exemplary. I don't think I would have conducted myself with that much grace under the circumstances. I would have been going... Absolutely crazy, looking for answers. Michael and, and Stacey, through the investigation and through the trial and in and, and the aftermath, even when all this emerged and became public knowledge, kept a, a dignified silence. They've had three meetings with Justice Secretary Hamza Yusuf and it is only now where they feel like they're banging their heads against a brick wall that they have decided that it's time to speak out and... That is absolutely commendable. They're now writing to the Lord Advocate to ask for a fatal accident inquiry because they want answers into what what were the sequence of, of failings that led to Craig's death. And that is answers that they deserve. 
there's three wee boys without a dad now. It, it just beggars belief in the Scottish government this week. The Scottish Government's Justice Committee have come out and said that they are in favour of the increased use of electronic tags. This is a report that they have been considering for the last couple of, of, of months. They paused to reflect on, on Craig's murder and take stock of... There, there was a small review in the wake of, of that, but have decided to now push ahead with the increased use of electronic tags. I don't see how that can feasibly be rolled out and implemented on a bigger scale when things like this are happening. There was if it if it works well, if the system works well, by all means go ahead. If that's the best way to integrate people back into society, whatever, I don't know the intricacies of it. But when you've got high risk or classed as low risk, but evidently high risk individuals out in the community then going and committing horrendous crimes like this one against Craig. I just don't see how that's justifiable. There was a list of of more than 30 recommendations made to the Scottish Prison Service about how they could improve the electronic tag system. There was also, there's also in the process, kind of new guidelines, a new assessment tool being created for assessing offenders and deciding who gets out on an electronic tag but Justice Secretary Humza Yusuf has said that there's actually no time scale for that to be delivered. The Justice Committee has said that yes they're supporting the use of electronic tags but it has to be funded in the appropriate way mm-hmm. and the, these failings have to be addressed. A man is dead, three children are without a father and it just should should not have happened. And it seems... Very unfair as well that they're having to resort to a fatal accident inquiry to try and get answers. This was not an accident and they should have had hands, should have had answers even a long time ago. This just seems like a bit of a slap in the face that this is what they're having to resort to. We've mentioned I sat down with, with Michael and Stacey earlier this week and if you want to hear that full interview, you can do that by heading over to the local news section of our website. A week in the weeds. As an investigation's launched after two premature babies died from a bacterial infection at Glasgow's Princess Royal, a mum from Mulgay is telling us the staff there are exceptional. Three cases of Staphylococcus aureus were discovered among premature babies in the neonatal unit. A third child is in a stable condition. The health board says they were extremely poorly, but the infection was a contributing factor in their deaths. 31-year-old Morna Thorburn gave birth to her son Finlay last year, 15 weeks early. And after 101 days in intensive care, he made it home. And she says the staff and hospital gave them exceptional care. So our reporter Kerry-Ann Doherty went to go and speak to her earlier. Finlay had quite a rough time in intensive care. And it was very, very difficult. And he had lots of problems, collapsed lungs. He developed an infection in his lungs. And it's just due to the efforts and the team that helped him get out of it. I cannot fault at all the care we received. Every member of staff is so professional and they became part of our family. Obviously, Finlay was in for 101 days, so it's not as if it's a fleeting high and by. You saw them more than you saw your own family. We still see the team at the Princess Royal because he was so vulnerable and because he is still on oxygen and I can't fault it. I don't know how many times I could see it. And speaking at First Minister's questions earlier, Nicola Sturgeon said the hospital is doing everything it can. 
Staphylococcus aureus is unfortunately not an uncommon infection in people uh, in hospital, including uh, with neonatal babies. Uh, and indeed, that infection can be found in around one in four people. So that makes it all the more important that hospitals have in place. Um, yeah, I mean, I think what Morna said is probably... Fortunately, the experience of most people, and yeah. I think that it is still very important to recognise that the vast majority of staff at these hospitals and these neonatal units do an absolutely wonderful job. And like Definitely. she said, they do become like families people. So it is just an absolute tragedy that this has happened. And I, my heart goes out to the families that have been affected by it. I just really hope that, you know, if there's an investigation that's launched into it, um, that it just it gets some answers quickly. A week in the week. Good evening, sports fan. <laughs> okay, on to sport now. And we have been joined by the lovely Andrew McLean, our sports reporter. Hello. Hello. How are you Hello. guys? All right. Bueno. I love having the sports reporters. They actually ask how we are. No one else does no, that. No, I know. It's nice. It also means we don't need to talk about sport. That's also nice. You guys actually yeah. wrote it in the script for me to ask you that. So I'm not, I don't actually care. That is a lie. You He's not have a script. Back. Let's this get is Alison on next week. Podcast. We're getting Alison on next week. That's a good idea. She's a senior sports reporter. I know. Sacked. <laughs> <laughs> so, what's been happening, Andrew? Well, Tell so basically, us. on transfer deadline day, all the clubs are wanting the big news to be them bringing in a big signing. But the big news from today so far is that Scott Brown has signed a two-year extension to his Celtic contract. So there was a lot of sort of speculation because his contract runs out at the end of the season whether he was planning on going away and finishing his career elsewhere. He had an offer from Australia that he's decided to turn down. He had offers from elsewhere, that's America. Big, sorry, that's a big in thing, isn't it now? Going to America to finish your career. Well, I mean, if someone offered you lots of money to go and live in Australia, I'm sure you'd quite like to do it. Yeah. i go to Australia. But it does seem to be a very in thing now amongst footballers. Like, yeah, ever I mean, since I'd... David Beckham done it, they're like, oh, I'm going to America. Yeah, I mean, it's just one of these things where they just have the money to throw at sort of specific players and... If I was getting offered that money to go and live somewhere nice, then I'd happily do it. But So um, why hasn't he? Well, basically, it, it was a big choice. And when it comes to the end of his career, he was sort of choosing between whether he wanted to go away and live the life out there or whether he wants to stay here and, for lack of a better term, play some meaningful football. Um, Ooh, right. Because Celtic Harsh. are currently chasing... Well, I mean, Celtic are currently chasing eight league titles in a row. They'd quite like to win 10 league titles in a row, which hasn't been done before in Scottish football. Mm. Celtic have done nine in a row. Rangers have done nine in a row. This contract would keep them at Celtic Park until the summer of 2021. And if Celtic win all their league titles up until 2021, they will have won 10 in a row. And he'll be the first captain in Scottish football history to achieve that. So, so he'll have captains all 10? He will have. So that's I, basically I'm not. I don't know if he was a captain right at the start actually he okay. has been at Celtic throughout the whole time because he's been at Celtic for coming up for 11 years now mm-hmm. okay so he's certainly been there for all of them but he'll be the one for the big 10 if exactly they get there. so if they get there that is quite a good incentive for him to want to stay at Celtic and it's obviously news that Celtic fans will be absolutely delighted about in terms of the rest of the transfer news mm. Celtic and Rangers pretty quiet so far today they've both loaned players out but I wouldn't really expect there to be any more business which I could say that now and then this podcast could go out and they could both make massive signings <laughs> and then I'll look like a right idiot. But 
Um, As I, opposed to normal. I wouldn't. Yeah, that's true. Exactly. <laughs> I'd just be showing my true colours. But I, I wouldn't expect there to be too much in the way of business going on. In terms of the league table, well, Celtic played on Wednesday night. They had their game in hand, which has been a long time coming. They're now six points clear at the top of the table. So they've got a nice wee gap. On themselves now and Rangers had their game against Cowdenbeath on Wednesday night as well. I was there covering it for Super Scoreboard. And I must say, it's the first time I've ever been to Central Park Stadium. I've heard a lot of things about Central Park Mm. Stadium. Do you know much about it? Um, Just from what you told us the last time you were here on Week in the Region that they race cars around it. Stock car (laughs) racing track round the pitch. So I got there and there was a big heated dome to try and make sure that the game went ahead. The pitch turned out to be fine. Uh, had to move the big massive tyres from around the pitch mm. wheel the dugouts in bit of a culture shock I think for the likes of Steven Gerrard and yeah. Jermaine Defoe they won 3-1 they were alright in the first half not so great in the second half they did admit themselves uh, admit that to themselves after the game but uh, that's them through to the fifth round of the Scottish Cup where they'll play Kilmarnock away from home where they had a bit of trouble last week when they went there so uh, they don't like the plastic pitch either well, they did win their 3-1 earlier on in the season in the League Cup, but they did not lose. Not last time, though. No, not last time. So we'll see what happens. But yeah, second half of the season, only six points in the title race. So we'll see what happens. Certainly seems interesting. This is great. He just winds him up and he goes. I know. Just, he's just like a wee... It's like, so, Andrew. So. And also, and then you big just sports talk, news yeah. that we've not covered. Yes. Andy Murray. Of course. Of course. He has a metal hip now. I know. He does. He is halfway to becoming Iron Man. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not halfway, but More he's so getting than he was there. Already. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. But we don't really know what that means for his future at the moment. It certainly means it's an operation that means he will hopefully be pain-free going forward. Whether he'll be able to play tennis at a high level again, we'll need to wait and see. But obviously, we wish him all the best because for me and for many other people, he is one of the, if not the greatest, Scottish sportsmen of all time. And is this with the hope of getting himself to Wimbledon? We're not really sure. It's quite unclear at the moment because there's not really been a timescale put on it. You'd think if you've have you've had a metal hip put in in what January mm-hmm. that the summer to be playing at the high level of Wimbledon might be too soon for him. But you never know because well, you never he know. Is... I, I knew someone that got a hip replacement and like six weeks later they were dancing about in high heels. So So maybe Andy Murray might be on centre court dancing about in high heels. (laughs) Playing tennis, we're not so sure, but high heels, definitely a gore. Exactly. What a way to go out that would be. (laughs) So obviously there's been all this speculation around Andy Murray about whether Wimbledon will be his last tournament. Will he retire after Wimbledon? If he doesn't play, then what could be the next big tournament for him to potentially retired out surely he's going to want it to be at Wimbledon yeah I think that was always the plan was it was to be Wimbledon so I don't know whether it's a case of he would maybe try and you know get himself ready for Wimbledon in 2020 and that could Mm, be because he's it's not as if he's you know an old man at this point it's just the fact that he's had to get his hip resurfaced so that could be a possibility but it's all up in the air at the moment but hopefully we'll see him back on the uh, centre court at Wimbledon at some point soon do you think we should try for a week in the week outing to Wimbledon (gasps) Yes. We'll talk nice to the bosses. Oh, I'd, I'd love like that. that. Do you think she'd let okay. us all go? Why not? It's a big story. We <gasps> would need three people. Definitely. Strawberries oh. and cream. Pims. With your fingers. What? what? You... what? Oh, no. Oh, oh, I, I... What? <laughs> I was hoping you'd so get us straight away. No, I've not seen that I, video. I, I, I know what no, she's talking like, about. It's like yeah. a viral video that they go around all the Wimbledon players and they're like, how do you eat your strawberries? And they're like, with cream, with cream. And Andy Murray's like, with my fingers. 
And it's just like the most Andy Murray thing ever. But I wish you'd got that first because then I wouldn't have had to explain it and it wouldn't have got very awkward. So, okay, well, on that, on that note. <laughs> one of these memes that comes across perfectly on radio. Yeah, you had to be there. Yeah, okay. I think we'll just leave that there. I think we should. Thank you, Andrew. Thanks, Andrew. A week in the week. Okay, so plans for a long-awaited rail link to Glasgow Airport could be about to change again. Plan one for a full-sized rail link was scrapped 10 years ago by the SNP government when the project was at an advanced stage and land had been bought. Plan two, which was part of the 2014 city deal for Glasgow, was a tram which would share the rail lines from Paisley into Glasgow. Yesterday... We spoke to Glasgow Airport. They said how vital it was for the future of the airport's growth. And now that's all up in the air again. Yeah, so now we've discovered they're worried that Glasgow Central Station's too busy and couldn't cope with this extra traffic through it. So they're looking at what they call a personal rapid transit system, which would take you from the airport terminal to Paisley, where you then catch a regular ScotRail service into Glasgow. So it would be like self-driving pods that they use at Heathrow Airport. And we're told this idea is now the preferred option. So the partners say it could be delivered to the same budget and be ready by 2025. Natalie, you're kind of frowning here. What's your thoughts? Well, I live in Paisley. Mm -hmm. And there is basically a straight road almost from Paisley Gilmer Street to the airport and Shannon Road basically runs all the way there and back. I just can't see it. I have seen pictures of of these little pods that they use at Heathrow. I don't know if you have, but basically they're little bubbles and they have like maybe four, four, five seats in them and then they just, they're electric Mm -hmm. and they just shuggle along this wee kind of track thing. Mm -hmm. I, I can't I can't see it. I just can't visualise how this would work in the middle of Paisley Town yeah. centre. The area in between Paisley Gilmer Street and the airport is quite industrialised. Mm. There is a lot of, you know, um people that work at work in the airport, people that do things in the airport. There's like um, DHL are based down there I think mm-hmm. Parcel Force have a base it's just very a, a very industrialised and kind of built up area so yeah. to have these wee pods scooting along the roads do you know there's I, I just can't see it. there's a building yard as well like just yeah. loads of different things I just can't figure out in my head how this is going to work I just think as well, even practicalities aside, this isn't something that I would use, you know. No. It's, you know, they were talking about kind of the growth of the airport and how they're wanting to welcome, I think it's 17 million passengers Mm -hmm. by 2040 and it's all about giving passengers options. Um, I live in the south side, so if I was to use this, I would have to get a train into Glasgow Central, Mm -hmm. then a train out to Paisley and then get on one of these little pods to the airport when realistically it's a 20 minute taxi down the M8. Yeah. So I would just do that instead. And I don't know, you know, it might be a more cost effective option, but especially when you're lugging big suitcases about, I don't know how attractive an option that would be for a lot of people, especially if you're traveling from further afield, if you're coming from Edinburgh even to go to a flight to Glasgow airport. I I don't know. I just, I I wouldn't use it myself. I don't know. I don't speak for everyone, but. And, And the speed at which these things go, it'll probably take you 
almost as long as it took you to get to Paisley yeah. to get to the airport. The other thing that is baffling me a little bit is because it is going to be this connection from Paisley Gilmer Street to the airport. Um, why not just use a bus? Yeah. Do you know, there is already a bus that runs from right outside Paisley Gilmer Street to the airport. It was different yeah. when it was going to be a, a train or a tram and it was basically going to be door-to-door city centre to the airport. Yeah. I, maybe they'll come out with some amazing planning and completely prove us wrong, but I, I can't I can't visualise it right now. I don't no. think it's what people want and I don't think it's going to be to the benefit of the airport considering how much money it would probably cost to put into yeah. to practice. Like you just said, I just don't know if there's a demand for it. I've never heard of anyone saying, oh, it'd be great if I could get a little pod from Paisley to the airport. It's just, yeah. I don't know. It doesn't seem like the most streamlined and effective option. This is a week... In the Ouija. Well, that almost brings us to the end of this week's episode. But before we go, it's time to play When in the Ouija. Yes, so if you've been following along, you'll know the rules. But basically, every week, one of us gives the other three local news headlines from a particular year. The other has to guess what year it is. So what have you got for me? This is my first time playing this game. Oh, so it is because you did it with Susan yeah. before. Uh-huh. <gasps> so, of course. So and then I made exciting. Rob do the guessing last week. Did Rob get it right? I he did, he would yeah. Have. yeah. Uh-huh. He would have. And then filled us with lots of lovely stories from when he was out reporting during those stories so that was nice but yeah this is the first time that I've played it so I'm a wee bit nervous because I was rubbish at wearing the weed you have big shoes to fill now yes I think you'll get it Mm. okay so the first clue this is the year that the University of Paisley and Bell College merged to form the University of the West of Scotland as it's now known oh my goodness that's my alma mater if I don't get this it's going to be so bad Oh, right. Just give <laughs> just give me a minute. Just a wee teeny, 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 tiny minute. Okay. So, I did my undergraduate course and my postgrad at UWS. I left high school in 2009 to go to university. And it had definitely been at UWS for a few years before that. I'm going to say 2004. Nope. Quite close. Okay. Your second clue. This year, the UEFA Cup final was held at Hampden Park. (sighs) I believe it was between Seville, maybe, and Espanyol. What do you think? Uh, If that helps at all. 2005. No. Okay. Your final clue. Oh. This was the year of the Glasgow Airport terror attack. Possibly the biggest headline from that year. I remember exactly where I was when that news broke. I was at a birthday party for a lovely girl I know called Emma. I don't remember what age she was turning. (laughs) (laughs) And if I did, I could have worked back. But I remember being very young myself. In fact, I might not even have been in high school yet when that happened. No, I must have been. I think you probably were. Because I was just about to go into high school, maybe. So I think you were in high school. 2003. 
No. Oh. You went the wrong way. 2007. Oh. Damn. I thought that was a good clue as well. It, well, I wasn't just in high school. I would have been in fourth year. Were you? So, yeah. Oh, you really start- should have got that then. Yeah. Started high school <laughs> in 2003. Sorry, Emma. Your birthday party wasn't that <laughs> memorable, clearly. I knew I was young, but oh well. Two- wow. 2007. 2007, yeah. Jeez. I think, in fairness, I think the noughties all kind of blended they merge a little bit but yeah that was 2007 wow it was nearly 12 years ago yeah it it seems like it was a lot longer it does although i remember it really vividly that it seems as though it wasn't that long ago it's it's a strange one i remember that and i remember the london bombings obviously a couple of years before they were the first kind of major events Mm -hmm. that i remember really vividly so they they seem quite recent but at Mm. the same time long time ago there you go there we go A Week in the Weege is a Radio Clyde News production. For the latest around the clock, follow on Twitter at Radio Clyde News. Well, that brings us to the end of today's Week in the Weege. Thank you to our sports reporter, Andrew McLean, for joining us and to you for listening. And before you go, don't forget to follow us on Twitter, subscribe on iTunes, and we'll see you next time on Week in the Weege. Bye! Bye!